Did you hear the news? MetroPCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long. All on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4DP. Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, podcast listeners. This is your humble host, Michael Smalley. And I just wanted to take a moment of your time before the show gets going to remind you about our online membership. It is an incredible resource to help you build a better relationship where we have taken all of our best video series and converted them into online courses. You can check out how to become a member at smalleyinstitute.com. can you do when you don't feel safe to share your feelings or needs with your spouse? This is a tough one because in order to share intimate things with your spouse, you actually need to feel safe. So talk about being stuck between a rock and an even harder rock. Ah, Don't be discouraged, folks, listeners, friends of the show, because I actually think we can help with this one. And that is what's coming up next on Smalley Marriage Radio I am your host, Michael Smalley, with the extremely inadequate producer and co-host, Seth Johnson. Yeah. Can I just tell everybody (laughs) how fun it is when you're getting ready to do a show, and I actually really love doing this show, and my co-host and producer's like, I'm not going to say anything today. (laughs) I have nothing productive to say. I know. Are you depressed? Uh I would You've say spent I'm, a lot of money recently. <laughs> yes, I, and I think we've talked in this show how I am a, a penny pincher and tightwad, a miser, a Scrooge, Scrooge. I don't like spending money in general, um, and especially when it's on unplanned things. Yeah, and that happened on two rather- a car and a computer. <laughs> Both. Yeah. I mean, within what the same week? Yes. Yeah, That's painful. And, and there's like some additional expenses on top of that, and I just it hurts, Daddy. Well, if only <laughs> <laughs> is that weird to say on the radio? <laughs> it felt it felt instantly weird. <laughs> if only you had a job that could pay you enough to afford all these things. Yeah, if only. So, <laughs> listeners, if you think of anything that I might be qualified for, maybe we could do a Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> For a job for me? No, just like money. Oh, just like a GoFundMe? spending money. Yeah. <laughs> for frivolous things. No, here's... I would I would sell guitars before I would do that. I have a, an acquaintance yes. who... Um, he did one of those GoFundMes for some legitimate expenses and was just asking for, for help. And I was like, no, because... In my mind, before you reach out to others, you should probably exhaust the resources that you have that you have yeah. uh, within with within realm uh, realm with, within reason. And, and the realm was yeah. dark. And I personally know he had numerous. We'll call them toys, just sitting there sold. for thousands of dollars. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not helping you with this until you um, 
do other things. To, yeah. <laughs> well, aren't you judgmental? Well, now you got it, folks. Don't ever go to <laughs> Seth Johnson for financial aid unless you've got all no, your ducks in a row. That's not. Oh. No. Maybe you shouldn't talk very much today. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Because, see, apparently this is not a safe place for me no. to, to share my feelings. I was going to say it doesn't feel safe for me. So neither of us are feeling, <laughs> none of us are going to talk the rest of the show. This question was actually me. I wrote it into our own Was show. it? Because if it was, it's really got weird. But we actually had one of you, our great listeners, submit the following question. I'm going to read the whole thing because it's pretty intense. But it also brings up a wider issue, I know, that a lot of you guys out there struggle with if you're married. And here's the question. I just listened to your podcast. Thank you very much. The most damaging thing you can think. What struck me the most was when the husband was upset after date night, when the wife left to go to a friend's house, you told him if he didn't let the wife know what he needed, then she needs to be able to move on. I totally get that. I have no idea how to let my husband know what I need. For many years, he wasn't a safe place to express myself. Backstory, he was a drug addict. He left us, left us in January 2016 for drugs and a drug female, 12 years younger. Never heard someone described as a drug female. Have you? No. No. That was a new one. But apparently this husband left her and his kids in 2016 over drugs and a woman he has been in recovery since the end of July 2016 and moved home on September 2016. He is really trying. God has changed his heart and mine, and we are a work in progress. I would love to share with him what I need, but I don't have a clue where to start. And truthfully, I have some fear about taking the next step of opening up. Do you have any resources to help? Thank you. That was like a really well-worded and no, we don't. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You are totally out of luck. <laughs> As we close the show. No, I think we can help. And I think we can help lots of couples out there who um, who don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And and obviously, we're not talking about safe as in they're going to kill me. That's a call 911. Right. So, I mean, Different honestly, issue. if you're, yeah, if you're in a physically abusive relationship and you don't feel safe in that sense, this isn't the show for you. Uh, and you should call the police. But, you know, my first thing here for this for this listener is that she, you know, I want her to understand it's totally natural to be worried about opening up again. Yeah. Right. And we know things that make your spouse feel unsafe would be if you're invalidating, if you tend to escalate or really dishonor the person. Uh, if you if you you can even feel unsafe if your spouse like me has been a shutter downer and avoider. So you feel like, man, I can't say anything because then he just gets his feelings hurt, shuts down and I get mm-hmm. punished with silence for three days. Yeah. Right. And so when we react negatively to conflict, we create an unsafe environment. And when we have an unsafe environment, then naturally the person I'm with doesn't want to open up. Mm-hmm. Because if I do, I'm going to get burned. Right. It's like, if I do this, I'm getting hurt. And I can only imagine you and Shauna never deal with this. (laughs) Never. No, I have been chastised on numerous occasions for uh, not validating whatever she's feeling or thinking. I'm not good at that. No. Well, at least least communicating in my head that it's validating uh, or that I'm validating it. I don't show it. That's probably 
the the better description. Because in my in my mind, I I feel like it's a valid thing, but I'm just not expressing that well enough with either my body language or um, could be the using words too I'm many using. words, or you could start trying to justify or explain. Yeah, that feels feels familiar, doesn't it? I can justify everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I have the spiritual gift of justification. Yeah. I am fairly confident it that does, is... It does say I've been justified in Christ, so... Yeah. <laughs> right, that's middle. That would be one of those, taking it out of context. <laughs> Shocker. So here's some of my first little thing here, is if you have felt... Because what I liked about her question is... I mean, clearly they've gone through some serious trauma, mm-hmm. right? Drugs, that's rough to deal with that if you have a spouse addicted to drugs. And a drug he, female. Yeah, and a drug female, and they he leaves you for this drug female 12 years younger. I mean, that is that is rough, but it's, you know, I, I almost think we need to email her and get her on the show to talk about this because that's extraordinary that, you know, she doesn't really get into the details on how the heck did he end up back. Yeah. And how the heck did God prepare her heart to even allow him back into the Mm -hmm. home. I mean, that's a whole nother story in and of itself. But what I want to encourage her and everyone is if your spouse has blown it, but now they're coming back, right? They're, they're hopefully falling in love with Christ and they're moving forward and they're, and they're working and trying to be healthier. Then you want to open up again because that's what God designed us for. Right? So, God created us to love God and love others. Mm-hmm. So we are built, designed from the very core of our nature to be in relationship. And if you're not, and if you're not sharing your feelings, sharing your needs, sharing those deepest parts of you, then your relationship is suffering. And so I, I feel like for her, hey, he if he's back in the home and he is making positive steps forward, then yeah, you kind of have to take the risk. To open right. up again because it's worth being connected. Yeah, and wouldn't ultimately in the end, if even he's back in the home, if you if you never make progress in this area, you're almost dooming things to fail again. Oh, for sure. Because well, and I you know we talk about this a lot on the show is how sad it makes me when this very kind of scenario, right? Maybe not the drugs and the drug woman. But where a spouse has been behaving badly, they have a wake up call, right? And then they really do change, and now the sort of quote-unquote victim spouse shuts down. And now they're angry, and now they're bitter, and now they're attacking, and now they're behaving badly. And it's, you know, two dysfunctional ships passing in the night, firing, you know, bullets mm-hmm. at, at each other, and, it, and it's sad. And so, and, and what tends to happen then is the progress, the original you know, negative spouse makes starts to go backwards. You just start to go back into right. that conflict dance that we talk about, and it's miserable, and then they tend to not make it. And so your your responsibility, if your spouse is making an effort, is to take that risk. That's, that's very important. But again, because your heart, it wants to be open. It wants to be connected. And when you deny that, there's, you know, consequences. Now, are there ways to... Um, to begin that process in like baby steps sort of things. So it's like, um, it's almost slightly guarded, but you're still, you're still moving to open up, but maybe just not like the full bore. Yeah. I mean, my gut says, and I have a sizable gut. My gut <laughs> says that makes sense. I'm trying to think in my 
brain, what does that look like in terms of starting small? Uh, Is that just being um, almost overly transparent in like kind of uh, day to day minutiae that aren't it aren't big deals to begin with, so they're used to you yeah. and localizing what, things. Yeah, and something that just occurred to me is you could even <clears throat> a cool exercise would even be just grab a piece of paper and kind of write down maybe some of the things you'd like to share. Maybe it's a need, maybe it's needs or it's feelings, whatever, mm-hmm. and sort of look at those and rank them on a scale from one to ten or one to five, whatever, from least intense to most intense. And that might be a wonderful exercise to be able to judge, okay, this one, if they blow it, isn't going to be devastating to me. Yeah. Whereas this is huge. Mm-hmm. So I, I probably need to test the waters. And, and you know what we do in intensives, the Smalley Marriage Intensive Program, is when they learn the our love talk communication method, I don't ever start love talk on their biggest issue. Right. And, and I'll yeah. tell you this, if the... If the couple is highly conflicted, Mm -hmm. then I usually have them practice love talk on what a great date night would look like, like something completely Uh, obscure that's not, you know, and and what's funny is sometimes they'll even melt down during that. Right. Because already it's a subject matter that theoretically is a safe thing. Exactly. And so you can start actually figuring out the dynamic of what it's like to open up when it's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, and this is all bringing ahead to the importance of marriage education, because like for this couple and for anyone listening, if you have gone through some serious hurt, some serious trauma, man, you got to come to an intensive. You've got to get a marriage mentor at your church, go to somebody else's event, do something to mm-hmm. where you realize, Hey, we didn't know what we were doing before, or we don't know how to overcome this. You can learn these things. Yeah, it's not like a mystery. There are lots of great books, lots of great mentors, great events out there. Dave and Ashley Willis, they're a good one. StrongerMarriages dot com mm-hmm. uh, that I would recommend. Our own events, but you got to learn how to connect and connect in a healthy way, and you can practice those skills because right. it's a skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, you thought you weren't going to be very engaged. This is like the best you've been ever. <laughs> You know, I'll just ask questions. That's all I'm going to do That's from now it. on it. But that wasn't a question, what you just did. But wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I put you to the <laughs> test on that one. So number two, when I was thinking through her question, so because what happens to the person that has felt unsafe and they're like, okay, they're trying to make progress or maybe they're not or maybe you're just trying to open up for the first time. And you try, but your spouse still responds in an unsafe manner. They're still mm-hmm. invalidating or belittling or dishonoring or negative beliefing you to death. So now what do you do? Yeah. That's that's a toughie because now it's like, okay, we're kind of not in the best place. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do the right thing and open up and share something that's important to me. And I get burned again. I get, you know, and I kind of... I probably have some of these points out of order here because the first thing I'm wanting to say to that person is, you know, it's okay to set up healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we do you know what a boundary is, Seth? It's a border that you don't cross. <laughs> Often with a wall that other people pay for. <laughs> well, the book is by Clown Townsend. It's called Boundaries. And uh, in a relationship, you tend to want to start with less intense boundaries. So 
you might, if it's your home or something, you might start with a picket fence that has a gate. Okay. Right? So it's it's just a nice, healthy boundary. The person can actually kind of open the gate and come in. So it's not like this intense thing because there's probably not a lot of conflict going on. But then, you know, if it's not going well and they're not safe and they continue to attack, you might have to go to that chain leak fence. Mm -hmm. Then you might have to put some of that barbed wire over the top. And eventually, if they're really out of control, you build a moat. Yeah, you build a moat and fill it with alligators (laughs) and piranha. Just go down to your local alligator piranha superstore. (laughs) And I know it's not piranha. (laughs) So we don't get any hurtful emails. So... A boundary is, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is a boundary is an okay thing. Uh, well, what would, it, what would be a healthy boundary for someone feeling emotionally unsafe with their spouse? Well, they might go, they might need to have that conversation. It might even have to be an email or something they put in writing if it's really out of control. Mm-hmm. And it's where you say, listen, I love you. I want us to get better. We need help. So would you be willing to meet with pastor, marriage mentor, go to the Smalley Marriage Intensive, something to that effect? But until then, I want you to know I'm going to be kind. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not cutting you off. I'm, none of that's happening. However, I, I'm not. I'm not okay sharing my needs or feelings because I keep getting invalidated. I keep getting belittled. I keep whatever those things are. You want to keep it about yourself. Right. You don't want to approach that person going, you're out of control and you're bad. And because you're bad, I'm sad. No, mm-hmm. no, no. I, I keep it about me. Um, because, golly, I don't know what just happened. Like, my mind went totally <laughs> blank. <So laughs> I, I felt I like you asked happen. the question. <laughs> <laughs> I went, did I answer his question? I mean, we were talking about examples of. Oh, of, of boundaries. Um, so that's kind of the more intense side of it. Right. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> now, do you need to do you need to verbalize to the spouse exactly what those boundaries are, or you just set them personally that you're like, okay, I'm no longer gonna. It's do best this. to verbalize those. Go, hey, and that's where I was. Maybe I got cut off in my own mind, but that's where you're like, hey, I'm gonna need, you know, I'm willing to meet with a third party. I really am, but until that kind of happens, I'm I'm gonna have to pull back here. Mm-hmm. And and I guess I was trying to say I'm still going to be kind. You can't put up a boundary with a spouse and then just like cut them off and ignore them entirely. I mean, if you're the if you do so in my home, I do. I'm the primary cooker, right? So mm-hmm. I cook most of the meals. Well, if Amy was in a really bad place for a while or whatever, and I needed to draw a similar boundary to this, then I don't stop cooking for her. Right. Right. I don't okay. just cut her off entirely. That's what I mean about you still have to do some like I'm still you know, if you do the laundry, continue doing the laundry. Stop. Don't don't start now trying to be punitive. Because mm-hmm. we don't want to be punitive with our boundaries. Yeah. We want them to be healthy. And so I would if your spouse, if you're trying to open up and they're not getting it, I'm gonna say get help even if it's just you alone. Okay. So sometimes people quit on the idea when we need to go in and get counseling and, and this misbehaving spouse is like, I'm not, I don't need counseling. And then the person just quits on it, gives mm-hmm. up on it. Yeah, we get that all the time. Yeah. And and I'm saying don't do that. That's like the worst thing you could do because you need someone to be able to talk to. Mm-hmm. And and 
the appropriate someone is not some random person of the opposite sex that you could get in trouble with. Right. That would be a professional, would be my, you know, a professional or a same-sex mentor mm -hmm. would be a good choice to where you can still get to a good place regardless of what your spouse does, right? That's a strong belief of this show is we have personal responsibility mm -hmm. over our lives. So I don't need my wife to be perfect in order for me to be okay. I don't need my kids to be perfect in order for me to be okay. Now, they will all do things that hurt, and I want to shut down, or I want to quit, or I want to whatever, but I don't have to. Mm -hmm. I can still be happy in my life. I mean, Paul talks about this in the New Testament. I got to learn to be happy with a lot or nothing, with a mm -hmm. full stomach or an empty stomach. And you hear this, right? You hear you, you can meet poor people that are extremely satisfied in life. You can re meet rich people that are extremely satisfied in life, and the opposite is true. Right. You yeah. can meet rich that are miserable and poor that are miserable. Those are the choices that we make. And so I encourage you to get help, even if it is just for you. The other part is, especially if you're dealing with an unsafe spouse, I want to talk about prayer. And I think sometimes people pray sort of globally or mm -hmm. in generalizations. And it's almost like we're afraid that God isn't listening or God's not going to answer. So we don't ask specifics so that we're not disappointed if exactly. he doesn't respond. Or, or it's not going to go the way I want it to go. Mm. And so I do believe that in this scenario, prayer is going to be a, an incredibly important weapon. But I'm going to encourage you that you want to pray some specific things. We have this all typed out in our notes so it, you, know, you don't have to get in a wreck trying to write this stuff down. <laughs> but you do want to pray specifically that God softens his heart or mm -hmm. hers. You want to pray that God guards your heart from bitterness. And then another one that I thought of was pray specifically for someone to come into your husband's or wife's life that's a mentor. Yeah. Somebody that can speak truth because there's, I mean, there's times in my own marriage and life where Amy's trying to tell me things till she's blue in the face and I refuse to hear it mm -hmm. because I, 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 you know, oftentimes our spouse is like the last person we want to hear. Right. From, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I have a problem? <laughs> well, let's talk about... Because I know Amy's issues intimately. She knows my issues intimately. So th the reality is I'm not always going to receive her influence in areas of growth that I need. And so it's good to get that person outside of your marriage who's healthy and mature to speak truth into your life. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I can remember one time when we moved to... When we moved to Branson, Missouri from Chicago after I got my master's, uh, community is a very important thing for me. And having yep. close guy friends is really important. And it took me several years of praying practically every day that God would bring a dude that that would be a good friend for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and And I never quit on that. And it took years for that to finally happen and develop, and then I moved. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually specifically remember. And back to square one. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I did feel that way. We moved here to this area, to, to the Woodlands area in Texas, and I did pray that. I was like, Lord, yeah. it took like four freaking years <laughs> to find someone and a, kind of a group of dudes. I, re I mean, I know I have to wait because if whatever your will is, I want to honor that. But seriously, don't don't let that happen. <laughs> right. And then, you know, it took about six months. 
Bruce Clinton. You know Bruce Clinton. I do know Bruce. I know. He was my worship pastor for the church I was planting, and we, we actually had a rough start because Bruce is kind of an idiot. <laughs> he might say the same about you. I'm pretty sure he would say the same <laughs> thing because it's true. But uh, but the prayer is a big key for that, and I just feel like I guess I'm just trying to say you can pray like, Lord, bring someone in, and he might even put someone on your heart. I'm not saying for you to go out there and try to manipulate this thing. <laughs> don't play matchmaker. Yeah, don't play mentor matchmaker. I've actually had people approach me and ask me, like, hey, Seth, I was just curious like, if maybe you could like um, mentor so-and-so. It might be their good friend or, or spouse. No, these people are friend. delusional. And I'm like, well, what do they think about Well, they don't know. I haven't talked to them about it. I'm like, why don't you talk to them? Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. It's so it's so weird. It's, it, it reminded me back in the day when I had a friend's mom in high school come up to me like, hey, Seth, uh, why don't you date my daughter? Oh. <laughs> I was like, you're safe. Does, you look kind of pathetic. She could take Have you, you talked to her about this? No, but I'm like I know she likes you, so you should just date my daughter. I'm like, okay, I'm, that I'm is crazy. Very awkward. I once got told by a girl who said, "When I thought we were going to start dating, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry if I gave you the wrong signal, but honestly, you're just the kind of guy I want to bring home to mom so she feels safe about what I'm doing here at Baylor." <laughs> and I went, "Oh, wait, that doesn't feel like a good thing, <laughs> right?" <laughs> I'm a loser, but pray specifically on 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 someone. And if you feel like there's a particular person that might just pray about that, God's a big God. You don't have to intervene mm-hmm. on every level. And so, the other part is if your spouse is still kind of unsafe, you have to keep trying. So even if you're having to put up pretty intense boundaries, mm-hmm. you got to leave a peephole in that boundary. You got to leave a window. You got to leave some way that you're looking out to see, is there a change? Are things improving? And so if you totally close down, shut down, become bitter or unforgiving, which is a disaster, then you've got to keep trying. And and so it, I see this a lot in relationships is people just quit. They quit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've talked a lot about my, my oldest child, um, one of my boys. So I have two boys and a girl and my oldest is the one that gave us the most grief. Right, mm-hmm. kind of in those teen years. And that's looking back because he's now 20 and he's an amazing, amazing, loving, serving, kind young man. Uh, five years, if you'd asked me, like five years ago, I'd be mm-hmm. like, he's in prison probably. I don't know where <laughs> he is. Uh, you know, he just wasn't living right. But I'm telling you, my wife and I talk about this sometimes where I think the healthiest, best parenting we did with him is we never gave up. Yep. We tried mm-hmm. and tried and tried. So we got him counseling. We got set up a mentor. He was involved in a small group. We it got handcuffs. A, we, we got, got <laughs> <laughs> shot collars. No, I mean, it, one of the funniest moments, which is kind of sad, is we were so wiped out with him. That I was like, he. Need, I, I have a friend who used to be involved in Canica Camp. He now runs this amazing sort of youth home in Tyler, Texas. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> I thought maybe that would be a good, he just needs to get out of the home, go somewhere, get discipled. So we called him mm-hmm. and I'm like, so what is it? You know, how much is it a month? It was like $12,000 a month. <laughs> You're like, okay, bye-bye. I looked at my wife and I swear to you, I went, well, he ain't 12000 crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
No. But here's what's funny is we never quit. We always prayed. We consistently mm-hmm. prayed for him and consistently prayed for the Lord. Like, what do we do? Send us somebody, something. And then we were teaching at the Hume Lake summer family camp thing that goes on for a week. Mm-hmm. We only speak once a day. So we're like on at 7 p.m. every night. So it's really a fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, Three kids were with us. And before one of our night sessions, this discipleship program, Joshua Wilderness Institute, had a kid come up before we got, you know, kind of an advertisement yeah. uh, testimony and start talking about Joshua Wilderness. And l- l- right before we spoke, my wife and I are both bawling. Because it was like the Holy Spirit said, this is it. <laughs> right. This is where he needs to be. And we're like, you know, when we heard about the program, we thought he'll never agree to do this. Yeah. But we prayed over it. We approached him and he did it. And that was kind of that last ditch. That was the last thing he could do before he turned 18, mm-hmm. which we knew once this kid hates, hits 18, he's gone. It's bad. Yeah. Well, and I actually met with him and said, you, you have two choices. Well, this was after. So he'd already agreed and applied and got into the program, mm-hmm. but he was still living different. Yeah. And so he came to me and said, hey, dad, I think God's telling me I shouldn't go. And I just looked <laughs> and went. Oh, it's God. <laughs> yeah, is that who it is? Why don't we go to dinner? So I did. I took him out to dinner. This would be another boundary. This is another boundary idea. I took him out to dinner very lovingly. I wasn't angry. I wasn't yelling, shaming, criticizing. So it was like a good dinner, not like a Taco Bell thing then. Very loving dinner. It would definitely not Taco Bell. <laughs> I don't remember where it was, but it was good. And I was kind-hearted. And I just went, hey, I really doubt God is calling you not to go. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel strongly that he's led you here and you got mm-hmm. in. It's a hard thing to get into. And I went, but here's the deal. He's like a month away from being 18. Yeah. I said, son, I have told you all your life that I will love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that will never change. So don't, don't get confused by what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> but I said, you have shown me that you have no desire to live under my boundaries. It's just my expectations mm-hmm. of how to treat others and blah, blah, blah. I went, so... You have two choices. You can either on, you know, September 1, go to Joshua Wilderness and perhaps have a life-changing experience and develop friendships you'll have for a lifetime. Or when you turn 18, you're out of the home. He looked at me shocked, like, what? What? You wouldn't do that? I went, oh, honey. (laughs) Yes, I would. Because Amy and I were wiped out. He was taking energy from us parenting our other two children. Yeah. And I was like, you're 18, bro. So if you want to live your life, you can, and I will continue to love you. We'll invite you over for dinner from time to time. (laughs) (laughs) But you need to go out on your own, man. And he's looked at me and made the smartest decision of his life. He just went, well, geez, I guess I should go to Joshua. I went, that is a wise (laughs) decision. Because I don't think you're going to have fun living in a van (laughs) down by the river. (laughs) (sighs) So don't quit. Keep on trying. Get connected. If your spouse is still unsafe, get connected with community. So if you're a female, get involved in in women's discipleship. If you're a man, get involved in men's discipleship. You have to have a community of believers around you that can encourage and support you when it's difficult like this. That is priceless. Mm -hmm. You have people like that in your life. I have people like that in my life. And it's invaluable. You you can't even measure the worth. Yeah, I mean, Shauna and I wouldn't have been able to get through some rough times we had last year if it wasn't for a community that we had that included Michael and and Amy. In particular, 
your favorite person in that community was Casey. Oh. Man, that guy. Remember how just loved yeah. on us. I love I, I always have friends in my life that have that dark sense of humor, and you're one of those. <laughs> and I remember going to the hospital <laughs> and I went, So, like how much leeway do I have here to mess with this thing? And you're like, Oh, let's take it. <laughs> yeah. There were times I even felt uncomfortable with our <laughs> level of darkness. <laughs> but it is though, it's so important to have mm-hmm. people in your life that can encourage and support you. So I think the moral today is I get that it's tough because in order to share feelings and needs, you want to feel safe. And there's times where your spouse isn't doing that to wrap it up. You got to keep trying. You can't quit because your relationship is worth it. Yeah. And once again, I mean, I think Michael and I both applaud this listener and man, just the, uh, the struggle it must've been to come back together, have him back in the home. And that God is working on them and that you are pursuing this. Like, that's awesome. And we applaud you for the work that you've already put in and encourage you um, to keep on going. And that's really what faith is for me, is do I still believe when it's darkest? Mm-hmm. Do I still believe, even though it's not going well, do I still believe he's got my back? And the truth is he promises that he does. Yep. Well, don't forget, folks, you can go right here on this very podcast page at smalleyinstitute.com and download the Reignite Your Marriage app. And you can even make a love list, which is a whole episode we did. But it's actually, it's a super cool app. Uh, Thousands, tens, almost tens of thousands of people have downloaded it and they're really using it to help themselves build a better relationship. And if, while you're there at smalleyinstitute.com, which we have a new website design I'm very proud of, you probably haven't even seen it. I, I Wow, (laughs) you're fired. But you can check out our online courses. So we have several free ones. We have one called The Number One Reason Relationships Fail. That's right there when you first sign in. I know. And then we even have another one that I've converted to an online course on conflict resolution that is totally free. So you can start free, and then if you feel led, you can go even deeper and learn more key strategies by purchasing some of our other apps and seth if they enjoy the show wait hold on i'm finally on the website you are home page <laughs> people and can... i'm gonna remove you <laughs> since you still haven't looked i'm looking right now <laughs> guys not the same if i have to tell for years people are like we have no idea who you are what you look like it could be just a weird voice that michael's doing on the podcast and You're now there. officially i'm there you there. Wow, god there's a little tear in my eye <laughs> Well, it's going to be gone <laughs> since you that. never look. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So what can the folks do if they like it? If they like the show, not your photo, because they won't. <laughs> yeah, they'll you love like Shauna. F- they'll be like, she's a hottie. For sure. If you like the photo of myself or Shauna, please email the show and let us know. Uh, but you can uh, leave us a review on, on iTunes and let us know how we're doing and if the content is uh, is good and it helps other people find us as well. And that's one of the, one of the key things. Yes, it is. Well, Smalley Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Smalley Institute. If your marriage is on life support, reignite your relationship in only two days. Find out more online at smalleyinstitute.com or call us toll-free at 888-565-6462. To be somewhere near your voice was all I heard
Tell me what you gonna do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.